Welcome to the Forecast Fest. I'm Kate Baldwin, here with the one, the only, the Avalon. Oh, hey there. What like the hell is that? The Avalon. The hey there? Like no, no, no. The hey there. The hey there. No, you're you're great, Kate. You're what? Su- it says Stop. in the script here, it what? says in the script here that John is supposed to say hola. I'm contractually obligated to uh, say hola. Well, if it makes you feel better, hola. Thank Ola you very you, much. Friend. I, do, I, I, I like didn't repetition. think Harry even paid attention until uh-huh. I said his name. We like push the Harry turn on button. <laughs> and now <laughs> go. Shalom. <laughs> Shalom, my okay, friend. Stop messing around. We have a lot to get to. Bernie Sanders has done it again. His win in, Neva- in the Nevada caucuses this past weekend is the latest evidence that the Sanders momentum is here. It is real. How long is it here to stay, though? Mm. We're going to talk about what propelled Sanders to victory there and where that takes them all next. And then we'll get the latest forecast ahead of the next primary in South Carolina. And then very quickly after that, the Super Tuesday states. But first, seven Democrats faced off in one city, a beautiful city known Mm. as Charleston, South Carolina, on Tuesday to make their closing arguments before Saturday's primary there. Bernie Sanders went into the debate as the front runner, and it made him a clear target for attacks from the other candidates. Listen. Vladimir Putin thinks that Donald Trump is, should be president of the United States, and that's why Russia is helping you get oh, elected so Mr. you'll Bloomberg. lose to him. Let me tell you how many nickels and dimes we're talking about. Nearly $60 trillion. Do you know how much that is for all of his programs? Lots that cool. is three times the American economy. It adds up to four more years of Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House, and the inability to get the Senate into Democratic hands. Getting a progressive agenda enacted is going to be really hard, and it's going to take someone who digs into the details to make it happen. Bernie, in fact, hasn't passed much of anything. I'm not out of time. You spoke over time, and I'm going to talk. Here's the deal. I am scared. If we cannot pull this party together, if we go to one of those extremes, we take a terrible risk of re-electing Donald Trump. I'm hearing my name mentioned a little bit tonight. (laughs) I I wonder why. Okay, guys, what are your hot takes from last night other than yet more proof? When everyone on television yells on top of each other, no one can understand what anyone is saying. (laughs) Yeah, it was an incredibly chaotic debate. Um, but look, for the first time, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders really got the front runner treatment, mm-hmm. came under a lot of fire on a lot of specifics. And there's more where that came from. I thought Biden had a very strong debate. Um, I have thought that uh, he has outperformed expectations consistently. We'll see if the South Carolina polls agree with me with the Jim Clyburn endorsement today. Um, and, and, you know, there were certainly... Warren kept her obsession with attacking uh, uh, Bloomberg, but generally, you know, Bernie got uh, the scrutiny and the incoming uh, that he deserves, not only as a front runner, but as a front runner who, um, after three contests only, uh, would have a massive uh, impact on the trajectory of the Democratic Party in the election. Probably not in a good way. Uh, well, I'm going to say a few things. Number one, my hot take is like, mm. what was that at the end of the debate where Nora O'Donnell was saying goodbye, we're done, and then Gail King came in? Actually, no, we still have more. money. They went to commercial. One and- at the core of it, it's that they needed they they had more money to get with one more ad break. Whose fault that was on whose cue? We're not going to go there. I say as a yes. anchor who doesn't want to be blamed for anything. That, that's true. <laughs> uh, look. The deal is, as John was pointing out, as you were pointing out, Kate, that Super Tuesday is now less than a week. 
That is 34% of the delegates that are totally available are allocated on that day. This is the last sh- was the last chance to perhaps blunt the Bernie Sanders momentum. Whether or not that occurred, I don't know. But it was like all of a sudden, as if they were zombies rising from the cemetery, hmm. they suddenly realized that, in fact, the front runner was not necessarily Mike Bloomberg, although he got his share of attacks from Elizabeth Warren. He did. But actually, it's Bernie Sanders. And if you're in the polling position where Bernie Sanders is at this point, and unless you stop his trajectory, he's going to win 40 plus percent of the delegates on Super Tuesday okay, well, and then run away. But so this has been our conversation throughout in our in our post-debate conversations, mm-hmm. right, which is do debates matter? We have seen evidence. Mm-hmm. Yes, people are raising yes. a bunch of money off of debate performances. But do they matter in terms of polling position? Bernie Sanders is the front runner. Bernie Sanders was attacked. Did anyone leave a mark? I think there's one situation. I'll propose my situation. Okay, go ahead. Which is when Joe Biden went after Bernie and laid out the multiple times that Bernie voted against the Brady Bill, the the gun gun control legislation, gun safety legislation. I think that does leave a mark. Sanders didn't have a really good response. He's saying it in South Carolina, a state that is is – tragic history with gun violence in, in recent years. I think that could, if that does, I think I, that I does. I totally agree. And I think the fact that Bernie voted for giving gun companies immunity from lawsuits when here's a guy who wants to sue every big company for every reason. Uh, and it's just because he got the NRA endorsement when he was first elected to Congress. I mean, he voted against the Brady Bill when Ronald Reagan was in favor of the Brady Bill. So look, I, I think that made a mark. I think also uh, that, you know, despite his his protests, uh, he was encouraging a, a primary to Barack Obama isn't going to help. Uh, and, it is and- doing. I, I Maybe we shouldn't be surprised. I was fascinated with that was really proof, the conversation about the Obama primary, not Obama primary, how Obama looms large mm-hmm. over this, totally. over this primary Particularly in South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then I think, I think that the final part beyond the cost of, and his unpopularity of, of, of Medicare for all um, is, is he tripled down on the Fidel Castro was great on literacy, stopped paying attention to human rights people, which, um, again, give him points for consistency, but I don't think that is smart. <laughs> politics. Um, I don't think it's ethical uh, analysis. Here's for me, you know, you're asking whether or not these debates matter, right? We know that that first debate where Biden took incoming fire from Kamala Harris uh, certainly changed the polls at least a little bit then. But what's it called? The Biden boomerang. Oh, the Biden boomerang. Sorry. Yes, you missed your cue. Um, (laughs) But the question about whether or not this debate matters is not just about Super Tuesday as the debate affects Super Tuesday, yeah. but it's about how the debate affects South Carolina, which then affects Super Tuesday, right? And mm-hmm. aren't folks in Super Tuesday states already voting? They are already mm-hmm. voting. Um, but my guess is they're probably, you know, based upon the numbers that I'm seeing, there are some people who are holding out their ballots, right, who okay. are saying that, you know, let's wait and see what's cooking in South Carolina. I'm going to wait to the last minute. And so if this debate doesn't impact South Carolina or does in a favorable position to Joe Biden, who is ahead in the polls, and we'll get to that later on, then that in itself is a victory for Joe Biden. And anything that takes away from Bernie Sanders a chance to win South Carolina, run away with the race is good news for I, Joe Biden. I, I think this is a really important point. Um, we get ahead of ourselves in this business. People pay a lot of attention to polling. They underanalyze uh, results. We are three contests in, two of which are caucuses and one of which is Bernie Sanders' neighboring state. 
So Bernie Sanders is at 45 delegates out of the necessary 1,991 to win. So let's not overstate where he's at this stage of the race. Yes, he has momentum and he has built a movement. I'm not trying to minimize that. But and but and, and it's a fractured field in the center lane yeah, right, to go exactly. up against him, which has a lot of implications. Um, but but I do think there's sort of a, a coronation of Bernie Sanders for narrative purposes that doesn't match his accomplishments today. I, I, it's a good point that there shouldn't be a coronation for anybody yet. I think after Super Tuesday, when there's like so many delegates will have been allocated, then we can then we can start the coronation. Then we can start okay, the- let's talk about some of the other candidates. Bloomberg needed to do better. Yes, it was a low bar. Low did bar- it did it happen? Yeah. Yes, right? I, I mean, that was better was, than his first performance. I, I mean, come on. That's kind of like saying that I'm a better chef than my dog is. I mean, what does that mean exactly? You know, and I don't even have you a have dog. You have opposable thumbs. Right. I have opposable thumbs. <laughs> High five. I mean, come on. That's the whole deal here. I, I, sure, Thumb it was war. better. <laughs> it, it was better, but I don't. I don't really think he reversed sort of the damage that happened. And more I don't than know. I, I think here. with Bloomberg, he's got he's got so much cash. I think debates matter a lot less. But, today. Well, that may be the case, but here's the thing, right? Bloomberg is Bloomberg because Biden didn't live up to in the minds of voters to be the Biden that they want. Well, and that's why he got in the race. And that's why yeah. he got in the race. And now all of a sudden, if you're looking at a Joe Biden going in and winning in South Carolina and Bloomberg not exactly showing himself to be the same person on stage as he says is in the advertisements, I think that those two in combination can be That's actually quite damaging. OK, so then what yep. is it if we've all decided he's done better? What do you guys think of? Um, I just have to play this moment. This Go is on. what is called a planned humor moment it happens in debate prep uh, they have these things in their yeah. back pocket for a moment to just go in for the kill and break up the tension and this is how it landed for bloomberg i really am surprised that all of these uh, my fellow uh, uh, contestants up here i guess would be the right word for it <laughs> given nobody pays attention to the clock uh, i'm surprised they show up because i would have thought after i did such a good job in beating them last week that they'd be a little bit afraid to do that all right. Awkward. So here, here's the thing about Mike Bloomberg. Uh, one of many things about Mike Bloomberg. He is not a natural charismatic guy. Then why try the joke? He was do- he would have been done doing fine without it. on jokes. In his speeches, he as mayor would begin every speech with a joke. With a joke. They were almost never good jokes, but it was his well, way. Well, you laugh at it when you're standing in the audience for the mayor of New York. Sometimes. Um, but it was his way of breaking the ice. And and sort of compensating for a lack of charisma. But you could tell he'd spent a lot of time in debate prep. That's not the best joke they could have come up with. Um, and it's tough to land, you know, a pre-recorded joke anyway. That, that and, was and a rough And the one. timing of it. Where was it? It was like in the middle of nowhere. It was one of those weirdo, but gonkers things. I, I was just like, I know it's hard to feel bad for a billionaire, but I think I felt bad for a billionaire at that particular moment because that joke landed so flatly. And was so out of place that I was just looking around. I was alone in the room and I was like looking around. And I, was like, I just what wish there was more of a reaction camera. Yeah. Do you know what I would have loved? Actually, I would actually like like a mini digital album of uh, Mike Bloomberg's uh, greatest hits. Oh, no, we're uh, going to have to do this. No, just just for like just like a, like, a, you know, the uh, the the uh, the uh, the the strange mind and dulcet tones of Mike Bloomberg, <laughs> you know, now on Abco Records for ten ninety nine. <laughs> OK, let's talk about he made the animals laugh on, the, you know? blo- on <laughs> the vein of Bloomberg. 
Elizabeth Warren made the decision last night that she was going to stay on the attack on Mike Bloomberg, not go on the attack against uh, on, on the front runner, Bernie Sanders. Listen to this. Who funded Lindsey Graham's campaign for reelection last time? It was Mayor Bloomberg. And that's not the only right wing senator that Mayor Bloomberg has funded. I don't care how much money Sen- uh, uh, Mayor Bloomberg has. The core of the Repu- of the Democratic Party will never trust him. He has not earned their trust. Why did she decide that? Everyone's theory, go. Okay, I'm going first. Here's go the on. deal. First off, besides the fact that I honestly think she doesn't particularly think fondly of the— Really? What, did, what was your— What, was your yeah, what could have possibly been the indicator of that? Um, but it's also this. Here's a slide that I showed last night on the great uh, CNN network. Elizabeth Warren campaign money raised. Entire month of January, $10.8 million. Day after Nevada debate in which she went after Bloomberg, $5 million. So in a day, she essentially raised half of what she did during the entire month of January. Yeah. So she says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, it's it's a good foil for her. She doesn't want to alienate Bernie Sanders supporters, although, again, she needs to yeah, draw but, a sharper contrast no, if she's going to pick up his Don't alienate, voters. fine. You're not going to—you don't win. This is this is 80 different kinds of dumb beyond the argument that, that he's making—that uh, Harry's making. I also think, look, not for nothing, Bloomberg supported Scott Brown in the race that she won. Again, to and, the and, point and, of this might I, be I a personal I do think thing it's too. a little personal. Look, he gave money to Democrats and Republicans, especially as mayor. He's devoted and most Democrats his, were oh so thankful in 2018 for the money that he dumped into poured into yes, 2018. Swing, and and sink, frankly, the money's put districts. in towards guns and tobacco and, and the yeah. environment. So, you know, the fact the far left doesn't like him, they like his money in terms of helping achieve their ends they want. I, 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 I will just say this. Bernie Sanders is going up to Massachusetts to campaign ahead of Super Tuesday. Where's Elizabeth Warren from? Yeah. She is from the Commonwealth <laughs> of Massachusetts. And there was a poll just out in the past week from there, from the University of Massachusetts Lowell, that had Bernie Sanders at 21 percent, Elizabeth Warren at 20 percent. He's going up there for the knockout kill. And meanwhile, she's dancing around with him as if they're going to sing Kumbaya yeah, it, together. It, it, Wait, I want to jump in. Yes, I'm please. jumping in Sorry. because I, yes. before we run out, of, run out of time in this segment, I do want to ask, because you have an interesting piece that you put together, John, about – what we have seen since Bernie Sanders has become a front runner is there's a whole section of Democrats who are freaking out. That is how it's described to me all the time. They're freaking out that Bernie, because Bernie Sanders and the argument that they make is Bernie Sanders cannot win against Donald Trump. That's handing the election to Donald Trump. There's an alternative view, though, that maybe Bernie Sanders is uniquely situated to beat Donald Trump. You looked into this. What do you think? I did. Look, I, I think the 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 argument that um, it's basically an extension of the Trump narrative that says that Bernie Sanders is the mirror image of Donald Trump in 2016 and therefore he's mm-hmm. uniquely suited to beat him. This feels like magical thinking to me based on – Magical good or magical, magical silly? non-reality based because <laughs> look, if you look at just generally American political history and gravity, we are a center-right nation. He represents the far left by any measure. There are scenarios where you can imagine he could pull it off. But the whole thing smacks of kind of a Jeremy Corbyn-esque, you know, let's let's take a risk and see what happens. And I think most of the down ballot, most of the swing state con- congressmen, uh, not only in Florida, 
will tell you that they are very nervous about the prospect of Bernie Sanders at the top of the ticket, and that should count for a lot. Uh, you know, just bringing you back to the debate last night, you know, the whole idea being, I have to, if you're Bernie Sanders, I want to calm, you know, the folks perhaps in the establishment and say, I'm not so bad, you know, and those swing, swing district voter, uh, swing district representatives, I'm not so bad. And then it's like, oh, let me make a comment about Fidel Castro that can be seen positively about Castro, mm-hmm. and then asked about that during the debate. And not back down from it. I mean, this is like arguing like, guys, no, I'm not defending the Soviet Union or Stalin. I'm a Trotskyite. It's a <laughs> distinction that doesn't really resonate the way you Just might intend for everyone to. out there, because I know you're all smarter than me. Um, John Avalon's historical references always, I feel like, sound like they're definitely accurate, except I'm going to have to go back and Google it just to make sure I know exactly what he's talking about. So I just laugh. That's like a deep cut. It's like, I yeah. It's That's my like, B-side. This is what people do with Bloomberg we jokes. We fact check you all the time. Not. That's yeah, okay. Exactly. I feel comfortable. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Nevada caucus results and Harry's latest forecast heading into South Carolina. That is up next. We're back, friends. So we know Bernie Sanders won big in the Nevada caucuses. Where did the win come from? What does it mean for Bernie Sanders? And what else can we learn from the results? So where did the win come from? Who backed him? And how surprising was it? Here we go. Look here. This, I think, is the key nougat in the entrance (laughs) poll. Um, Latino voters made up 17 percent of all voters in the Democratic caucuses in Nevada. Bernie Sanders got 50 percent of them. That was the big margin. That was key. It was very different, although he perhaps slightly won them back in 2016 in the Nevada entrance polls. The margin, the next closest person after Sanders was Biden at 17 percent, a 33 point margin, huge. Also, I'll note that among African-American voters, although Biden beat Sanders by 10, according to the entrance polls, 38 to 28 I should note that that 28 percent was a larger share of the pie than Bernie Sanders got four years ago, four years ago among African-American caucus goers. And that was in a two person race Mm. instead of a multi-candidate race. So Bernie Sanders doing significantly better among non-whites is the big story. Right. And I think that's why there's the narrative momentum. But again, if this narrative is to hold, then he will do very, very well in South Carolina. We'll see if he actually does. Um, It's obviously significant. But, you know, you can't say enough that the Hispanic vote is not a monolith in America. Um, and, And so, you know, he did very well in Nevada. That may speak more to um, a, a southwestern Hispanic identity than, for example, Florida. Um, I'll also say it's a caucus, people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you you know, th- that is a very different cohort. Um, final thing I'll say is I think culinary workers and Harry Reid sitting this out, giving no endorsements, but sort of damning Bernie Sanders' health care plan and praise for uh, Biden uh, was probably a political and strategic mistake. I'm sure they had their reasons. Uh, but, um, you know, that that strikes me uh, as a as a lost opportunity. Bernie did very well, particularly among young voters. Um, but again, you you want to see that continue. Also, I'll notably say that some Trump supporters voted for him in the caucus. You want to know how young he did well, uh, very how well, well he did among young voters? Look at this. 17 to 24 year olds, 68 percent, 25 to 29 year olds, 62 percent, mm-hmm. 30 to 39 year olds. Yep. 57%. It is, it is still, I think, 
It's not – this is not new, but I do still find it fascinating that the group that he didn't win with was older voters. And that's consistent, right, that the tied for oldest candidate in the field older. is winning – Is he older? He's 78. Yeah, he, he's, he's born in 41. He is the oldest. Yeah, the oldest candidate in the field is not winning with older voters, only winning with – but winning with the youngest voters. It's I know, when, 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 when your peers uh, – like you the least, it's always indicative. <laughs> he says quietly because it's so biting. Because it's true. So wait, but this is crazy. The Sanders support in Nevada, and I'm going to overstate it and you guys walk me back. It was across the board. It was broad. It was everywhere. It was everything. This was not just a guy preaching a revolution. He's one with men, women, whites, Latinos, um, very broad. Those with college degrees, those without college degrees. He's mm-hmm. winning in union households, not in non-union households. I mean, this this was a thing. How can this not change the field in terms of what it looks like in states going forward? Is it just that again? It's a it's a caucus, Kate. Chill out. No, I. It, but that's the whole argument, right? That's the whole argument for why these early contests matter is because it sets the tone and it sets momentum going forward, right? And that's why Nevada matters. It doesn't matter because of how many delegates it has. It doesn't have that many delegates. It matters because the press runs with it and people want to get behind the and, winner. And, and look, historically, Nevada hasn't had uh, the, the momentum of New Hampshire, Iowa, and South Carolina. Um, th- this time, you know, this time Harry may Reed be different. For that, yeah. yeah. But I'll also say Harry Reid himself said after this, the caucuses are done. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things we're seeing is a disproportionate influence on caucuses and uh, in establishing a narrative momentum that doesn't necessarily serve the party in terms of putting forward its most competitive nominee. Um, again, we could be talking a very different narrative tune, uh, you know, next week, and that would speak to the fragility of narrative. If I was looking for one warning sign that just continues to pop up in these entrance and exit polls for Sanders is that if you look at the late deciders, right, if you look at those, for instance, in Nevada who decided in the last month of Mm -hmm. who they were going to vote for, he got 21 percent. Among those who determined their vote earlier than that, he got 42 percent. So basically he got half the support. And so if there are any real changes, you know, it's not like he's winning these late deciders who are saying, if anything, these late deciders seem to be searching for a Sanders alternative. Oh, that's interesting. And that is somewhat indicative of what we saw in the early entrance and exit polls in 2016 with Trump, who seemed to struggle with those later deciders. Ultimately, it didn't stop him. But it is something to keep in mind here that there are still a slew of voters who aren't necessarily sold on feeling the burn, and we'll see if it ends up biting him in the tushy later on. There's an ointment for that. Okay, go on. (laughs) There is. I have plenty. I have a two-year-old. I can point you to some. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to South Carolina, which will be, of course, the next state to vote in the Democratic primary. Harry, this is where your forecast is. Can you please forecast us? Mm -hmm. So essentially, I was cracking those numbers, and uh, I pulled out the the literal piece of paper, the serial killer handwriting. You are not a doctor, which is the only excuse to not be able to read someone's handwriting. And are you left-handed? No. Wow. I'm left-handed, and my handwriting is better than yours. Uh, I was having this discussion actually last night with a colleague of ours, and uh, you'll excuse the serial killer handwriting. I did not. If I got a letter from you, I would definitely call the FBI. (laughs) I should just point out that uh, our producer, uh, David, over there is literally dying. How do you write the letter B? Is that the word about? It's not important. It's important is that for people at home. I am taking a picture of this. This is like somewhere between, like, yeah, it's serial killer note written in crayon. 
Anyway, look, if you're looking at the polls right now, this is the state that may turn this around. Joe Uh Biden is up by about 10 points in the average. That gives him, historically speaking, about, say, a seven in 10 to three and four shot of winning 70 to 75 percent chance. Bernie Sanders is the next most likely candidate to win in about maybe a fifth of the time. Uh, And here's the thing, folks. Even the polling after Nevada, where you would expect the bounce that has come out, has not shown that Bernie Sanders is in the lead or particularly Mm -hmm. close to the lead. The firewall. The firewall seems, seems to be holding. And the best poll last time in the state was the Palmetto poll out of Clemson. And that poll, which was literally released just a few hours before we went on the air, actually had Biden up by 18. Okay. So look, South 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 Kakalaki yep. uh, is uh, a, an awesome state of fascinating uh, primary history. It frequently has been sort of the decider after the enthusiasm and overemphasis uh, of the early states. Obviously, in the Democratic side, 60 percent of the African-American vote. Biden receiving James Clyburn's endorsement today, which is a very big deal in South Carolina. Um, uh, not unexpected, but I think uh, you know, confirms mm-hmm. Biden's status. I'll also say that the state newspaper up in Columbia um, endorsed uh, Pete Buttigieg. I cannot state enough how extraordinary it is that a newspaper based in Columbia, South Carolina, endorsed a 38-year-old openly gay, member, uh, uh, gay mayor of South Bend, Indiana. That is an extraordinary sign of changing times. Um, but uh, again, I think that's why you know, let's look at the margins. Let's look at the data. Let's see if it comes in because there have been polls showing the, the margin narrowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I think there is a fragility to the overall emphasis we place on narrative. So let's play. Let's play a little bit from Jim Clyburn's endorsement of Joe Biden. Not expected, but definitely not welcome. Unexpected. Sorry, not unexpected. Thank you, but definitely welcome if you're on Team Biden. Listen to Clyburn. I can think of no one. With the tech integrity, no one more committed to the fundamental principles that make this country what it is. Than my good friend, my late wife's great friend, Joe Biden. We have talked and debated often the importance um, and weight that endorsements bring. I guess the Clyburn endorsement is different than other endorsements. Yes, big time. And I think people don't adequately understand it unless you understand South Carolina and the African-American community. South Carolina's history obviously is incredibly fraught. But early in its history, uh, you had a situation where African-Americans – uh, enslaved African Americans outnumbered uh, whites, and and so um, this is a strong a state with a strong African American community. And Jim Clyburn can deliver those votes. It's a matter of pride and organization. Yeah, and he focus. has organization. He has. Yes. Yeah. This this is this is not this, this is isn't different. just a handshake. That's yeah. right. And and so that that's something to really pay attention to here. And and it speaks to Biden's credibility that with the African American community that goes deeper than simply being. Uh, Obama's Veep. Um, so again, I- I'm really interested to see how the rest of the field plays out. I'm also interested to see what his margin is. And you know, he, he 
may not win. We don't know until people show up. It's an open primary. Republicans have been encouraging their supporters to vote for Bernie Sanders. Republicans Uh, aren't holding a primary. This is one of the states where Republicans aren't even holding a primary. So so they've been telling their folks, vote for Bernie because that's who they want to run Donald Trump against. Mm -hmm. Um, So all those are factors to look at. So, so Harry, I— And Tom Steyer. And Tom Steyer. I see one poll in terms of undecideds. I've seen in one poll that— 18% 18% of likely voters are still undecided, which is a sizable number. And I also see 43% say that they could still change their mind. What does that mean to you? I think it means to me that there can be late movements in the polls in South Carolina. And oftentimes those polls aren't necessarily dead on balls accurate. You know, you go back to 2008. He's talking about tennis or Tennis or golf? golf. Mm-hmm. Yes, let's baseball. just stay there. Baseball. Let's it's just really, stay there. It's a strike zone. Let's just stay there. Okay, uh, go on. It's a technical term, as uh, my cousin Vinny once said. <laughs> Head on balls. Um, go back to 2008 and 2016. There, the polls in 2008 had Barack Obama winning. The polls in 2016 had Hillary Clinton winning. But in both cases, they won by – outperformed their polls by double digits. Oh, And they were the candidates who were most supported by older black voters. Mm -hmm. It may be the case that those types of voters are underestimated in the polls in South Carolina. And those are the types of voters who are most certainly supporting Joe Biden. Yeah. Not likely to break for Bernie Sanders. Exactly. Not likely to break for Bernie Sanders Mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. And one thing to keep in mind is the Steyer number and the number of polls among African-Americans has encroaching on 20 percent. Does that actually show up on Election Day or not? If it doesn't, that vote is probably going to Biden. And that, in fact, could be another thing that allows them to overperform. We don't know. The past isn't necessarily prologue, but there is a lot of reasons if you're Joe Biden, when you're combining the polling that's coming out along with the past performance of the polling, combined with the Jim Clyburn endorsement, that this is probably going to be the best day at Saturday that Biden had in a month at least. Yeah, fascinating. Okay, that's a wrap for us today, friends. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, please leave us a comment. You can always find us on Twitter, if whether you like it or not. I'm at Kate Baldwin. I'm at John Avalon. I'm at Forecast Rent, and it means ducks in German. It's also available on your Instagram dial. Okie dokie pokey smokey. Just special thanks to our team behind the scenes, Lauren Moore, Raj Makija, Zach St. Louis, and David Toledo. We'll see you next time on the Forecast Fest. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.